So what do you know for sure? You could answer that. I'm saved. Anybody else? Got one person in the church that's saved. Is that it? Have you ever been asked that question? Maybe like a greeting, someone would say, Hey, what do you know for sure? Did you kind of like, well, um, um, yeah, um, uh, yeah, I'm not, not really sure. huh? What do you know for sure? Isn't that an opportunity to say, I know for sure that my sins are forgiven. I know for sure that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I know for sure I have eternal life or something like that. So next time you're asked that question, if you know the Lord, give them the kind of answer that they need to hear. What do you know for sure? I know Jesus as my Savior. John chapter 9, we find a man who said some things he knew for sure. He was a blind man that was healed by Jesus. Our text covers 41 verses. I'm not going to read the whole text. I want to begin at verse 13 of John chapter 9. They brought to the Pharisees the man who was formerly blind, because Jesus healed him. It was a Sabbath on the day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also were asking him again how he received his sight. And he said to them, he applied the clay to my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees were saying, this man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And he said, he is a prophet. The Jews then did not believe it of him that he had been blind, blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the very one who had received his sight. And they question them, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? Then how does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that he is our son and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know, which was a lie. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed him to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. For this reason, his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So a second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He then answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Let's pray. Father, would you take now these words that you have given to us, uh, words by the inspiration of your Spirit, and I pray, Lord, that you would apply them to our lives today. I pray that we would be able to say with this blind man who was healed, that once I was blind too, spiritually blind, but now I see because Jesus has opened my eyes. For we pray in His name. Amen. As I read through the story of the blind man here in chapter 9, I was struck by how many things people didn't know 
in this story. The disciples didn't know why the man was blind. They asked the question, who sinned? Was it his parents or him that he should be born blind? The blind man didn't know where Jesus was when his neighbors asked this of him in verse 12. Some of the neighbors of the blind man didn't know for sure if it was him when they saw that he could see. Some said, yeah, it looks like him. And some said, "Ah, I'm not really, really sure. The Pharisees didn't know how a man who was born blind could receive his sight. They kept asking this question of the blind man as well as his parents. And when the Pharisees claimed that Jesus was a sinner, the blind man says, I don't really know. I just I do know that he gave me sight. And when it came to the Pharisees' understanding of Jesus... They just couldn't figure him out. Verse 29, they said, We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we don't know where he's from. So you have all of these ways in which people lacked an understanding. They didn't know this. They didn't know that. But the focus of this story is that there was something that this man knew. And he knew it for sure. Once I was blind... And now I see. So if we were asked the blind man, what do you know for sure? I would suggest to you that there would be three answers to that question. The first thing you would say is, I know that I was blind. I know that I was blind. Ever wondered what it's like to be blind? I have, especially when I was a child. I remember meeting for the first time that I know of a man who was blind. His name was Claire Hobart. Some of you may have heard of him. Um, he had a school for the blind in Laredo, Texas. He was involved with uh, Latin American missions and so forth. And he came to our house. I was probably five or six years old. He was blind. And we were in the alleyway, and he was, we were playing basketball. And so he was standing about free throw line, and, and he, we gave him the ball, and he shot it. And he'd say, now which way do I need to go, left or right? And after a few tosses, he was, he was making some shots. And I was just amazed. I thought, wow, isn't that shocking? Here's this guy who couldn't see anything and shooting baskets. I remember also reading about Helen Keller. How she was both blind and, and deaf, if I remember right. And so I, I thought to myself, I want to I see what it's like to be blind. So I started doing certain things with my eyes closed. And one of them became a little bit dangerous. I tried to ride a bike with my eyes closed. And I ended up literally running into the back of a car, the back bumper of a car, while the guy was getting out of his car. And he said to me, why don't you open your eyes? And I thought, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> For me, it was simple. I just opened my eyes and I could see but for this blind man, it wasn't that simple, was it? If someone said, just open your eyes. Well, he was blind from the time he was born. How in the world would he be able to, to see? And if someone were to ask him if he was blind, I'm sure he would say, well, of course I am. Can't you see? I'm blind. In fact, if you look at verse 25, this is one of the things they said he knew for sure. I know that I was once Blind, obvious as could be. 
Isn't it strange that there are many people in this world today who are blind, but they don't know it? Think of that. Spiritually blind, but they don't know it. In fact, they think that they see just fine, but they are spiritually blind. Jesus addresses these people at the end of this chapter. If you look at verse 39, Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, so that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Those of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and said to him, We are not blind too, are we? You're not saying that we are blind. Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But since you say, We see, your sin remains. What Jesus is saying here to these men is that there is hope for the spiritually blind as long as they realize that they are blind. Jesus has come so that those who do not see may see. And he's not just talking about physical sight. He's talking about spiritual sight. Those who recognize that they are spiritually blind, that's the one that Jesus came for. Because they understand. They need to have their eyes opened. And when you understand you need to have your eyes opened, Jesus will open those eyes so that you can see, you can understand, you can grasp who He is and why He has come. But for those who don't think they are blind, there is really no hope until they recognize their spiritual blindness. That's why Jesus says to those who say, we see, those are the ones whose sin remains. We don't need a Savior. We're just fine ourselves. We don't need this Jesus. Those are spiritually blind. And they're the ones that need to be given sight that only Jesus can give. What do you know for sure? The blind man would say, formerly blind man would say, I know that I was blind. Second thing he would say, obviously, Now I know that I I can see. If you examine what the blind man said about how he received his sight, it's clear that he didn't fully understand who Jesus was, at least at the start. Look at what he said when his neighbors asked him how his eyes were opened. Go back to verse 8. Therefore the neighbors... And those who previously saw him as a beggar were saying, Is not this the one who used to sit and beg? Others were saying, This is he. Still others were saying, No, but but he is like him. He kept saying, I'm the one. So they were saying to him, How then were your eyes opened? Here's his answer. The man who was called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. I went away and washed, and I received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. I don't know where where he is. So at this point, he knew Jesus' name. It was a man called Jesus, he said. He knew what Jesus had done for him. Here's what he told me to do. And I went and washed, and, and now I see. But, but that's really about it at this point. Knew his name and knew what Jesus had done. 
So after this, he was questioned by the Pharisees. Verse 13, they brought to the Pharisees the man who was formerly blind. It was Sabbath on the day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. And so the Pharisees were asking him again how he received his sight. He says, "Okay, here's the story again. He applied clay to my eyes and I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees were saying, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And there was a division among him. So they said to the blind man, what do you say about him? Since he opened your eyes and he said, he's a prophet. So his knowledge of Jesus is increasing here. First of all, he's a man named Jesus. He 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 healed my eyes and and he's he's a he's a prophet. So his knowledge of Jesus is growing and increasing. And after his parents then were questioned by the Pharisees, He was brought before them again. They obviously hated Jesus and they wanted him to blaspheme Jesus by calling him a sinner because he did this on the Sabbath. Verse 24 says, So a second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He then answered, Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. I don't know really much about him. But I can tell you this, that once I was blind, now I see. Now, I would call that a very simple and yet a very powerful testimony. Here was a man that didn't yet fully understand who Jesus was. But there he stood, a man that had been blind from the time he was born. Now he's able to see, and Jesus was the one who healed him. Though I was blind, he said, Now I see. Now let me ask you a question. Do you need to be able to fully understand everything about Jesus to know Him and to be a witness for Him? No. Do you need to have all the answers to all the questions that you might be asked? No. If that's the case, I'm out. I don't know all the answers to all the questions that that I'm asked about many things, especially about spiritual things. Now, we don't want to minimize good theology. We want to be students of the Word. We want to come to a greater understanding of who Jesus is. But you know what? A changed life and an acknowledgement that Jesus did it is a powerful testimony, isn't it? How do people argue with that? This is what I was like. I was lost in sin. I was blind. I was bound. I was in darkness. But Jesus changed my life. Powerful testimony. Once I was blind. And now I see you. And Jesus did it. Is that your testimony today? Simple. Once I was lost. And now I'm found and Jesus found me. Once I was blind, now I see and, and Jesus was the one that did it. Once I was lost, now I'm saved and Jesus saved me. It's a great testimony, isn't it? Simple and yet very powerful. I remember the first testimony I gave. It was not a theological discourse, believe me. 
was at a Bible camp. And I was nervous. My heart was beating. I was scared. And my dad said, are there any testimonies? Anybody want to share a good word? And I stood up and I said, I'm glad I'm saved. And I sat down. That's all I said. Now my wife says, now you don't sit down anymore. You just keep going. (laughs) But very simple. What Jesus did. Glad I'm saved. The third thing this man might tell us, what do you know for sure? I think he would say, I know that it may cost me to follow Jesus. I know that it may cost me to follow Jesus. When you look at what the former blind man's parents did when they were asked about him, they, they really, <laughs> they really uh, gave in to fear, didn't they? In verse 18, the Jews then did not believe it of him, so they called his parents and asked them, Is this your son whom you say was born blind? Then how does he now see? His parents answered them and said, verse 20, We know that this is our son, that he was born blind, but how he now sees, we don't know. We don't have a clue. We don't have any idea of what happened. Really? I mean, he told this story how many times? We just don't really know. You ask him. He's old enough. And then John adds this explanation in verse 22. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed Jesus to be the Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. So they knew why and how he was healed. They caved into pressure, didn't they? If we say something about Jesus, that Jesus was the one that did it, we're going to get kicked out of the synagogue. We're not going to be welcomed here anymore. So we'll just, we'll just lie. <laughs> we don't know. He's old enough. Why don't you ask him? So, the second time he's asked then how... Jesus opened his eyes, verse 24, by the Pharisees. Give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. He said, I don't know if he's a sinner or not, but I know that once I was blind, now I see. Verse 26, they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? Now notice they're not denying that he did it, but how did he do it? He answered them, I told you already. Just like, okay, how many times do you want me to say this? I told you already, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You do not want to become his disciples too, do you? Don't you love that response? What a great response. He wasn't going to back down to anyone. He says, you keep asking me how Jesus healed me. Do you want to follow him too? You want to become his disciple too? <laughs> I wonder if he had kind of a twinkle in his eye. He wanted to become his disciple too? Well, he knew they didn't. But here he was quite bold in his his witnessing now. Well, the Pharisees obviously weren't interested in following Jesus, and they made that clear. Verse 28 says, They reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. There, take that. Now, you follow this Jesus? Ah, we follow Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, verse 29. But as for this man, we do not know 
where he is from. And the blind man says, I'll tell you. I will tell you where he's from. If you don't know where he's from, I will tell you. Verse 30. The man answered and said to them, Well, here is an amazing thing. That you do not know where he is from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he hears him. Since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. How do you argue with reasoning like that? There was nothing they could say to deny it, to refute it. So here's their statement then in verse 34. You were born entirely in sin. That's why you're blind, in other words. And you're going to teach us? You're going to teach us, us mighty, knowledgeable Pharisees? You're going to tell us? And so they kicked him out. They put him out of the synagogue. Now, who was the blind ones here? It was the Pharisees, right? They were the blind ones. They weren't going to listen to the testimony of this man. And they certainly weren't going to listen to the testimony of Jesus himself. They were the spiritual know-it-alls. Who is this guy to tell us about theology? We know the Bible. We are disciples of Moses. Who is this Jesus anyhow? But you know, they really didn't know the most important thing of all. Did they? They didn't know Jesus. They didn't accept the one who had come to be the Savior. So what about you? What do you know for sure? Do you know for sure that you are saved? Do you know for sure that you have eternal life? Do you know for sure that when you leave this place, this world, that you will be brought into the very presence of Jesus like Chris was on Thursday? Do you know that for sure? You know, some people think it's impossible to know that. Ever people say, I won't know until I die. I hope so. Or I, or I think so. And some people even say that it's prideful. It is arrogant to say that I know that I have eternal life. Because they think that it has something to do with how good I am. So if I say I know that I have eternal life, to many people that says, well, you must think you're really good. How would you know that? Does the Bible say we can know that we have eternal life? Amen, it does. Listen to 1 John chapter 5. Verse 9 says, If we receive the testimony of men, and we do, right? We, we believe what men say, at least most of the time. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. 
For the testimony of God is this, that he has testified concerning his son. What did God say about his son? The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his son. What is the testimony? Verse 11. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is what? In his son. He who has the son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God, does not have the life. Now, is there anything complicated about that? If you have Jesus, what do you have? Life. Eternal life. And that's a present possession. That's not something future. If you have Jesus, you have life right now. Eternal life is not when I die. Eternal life begins now when I put my trust in Jesus and continues for all eternity. Verse 13 then says this, These things I have written to you who believe in the, Son, in the name of the Son of God, so that you may what? That you may know that you have eternal life. So what do you know for sure? If you have Jesus, you can say, I know for sure that I have eternal life. I know that I was blind, but now I see. I know that I was lost, but now I'm found. I know that I was bound, but now I'm free. However you want to put it. We can know that we have eternal life. I remember a story of a missionary visiting a boy in the hospital, sharing the good news of how you can know that you have eternal life. And he never really fully understood it. He knew Jesus was, was part of it. He knew that Jesus had come and had died and rose again. But he thought that what Jesus had done was part of it and what he had to do was another part of it. And you put what Jesus did and he did together and then maybe you'll make it. And as this missionary shared the gospel with this boy in the hospital, Finally, like the, the, the light went on. Because the missionary described Jesus' death on the cross as his finished work. Nothing added to it. Jesus paid it all, the hymn writer says. All to him I owe. And that young boy put his trust in Jesus and he said this, I always knew that Jesus was necessary. Now I know that Jesus is enough. He's enough. You have Jesus, you've got life. You have Jesus, He's enough. What do you know for sure? If you know Jesus, you know that you have present possession, eternal life. Let's pray. Lord, thank You that we can know beyond all doubt that we have eternal life. Not because of anything good that we've done, but because of the good that you've done in giving your Son to be our Savior. We don't have to say, I hope so today, or I think so, or I'm working on it, as some might say. Lord, we can know, because your Word says we can know. 
And your testimony concerning your son is very clear. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. I pray, Lord, if there is someone here this morning that does not have that assurance, they can't say, I know for sure that Jesus Christ is my Savior. Would you work in their heart this morning? Would you call them to yourself? Even a simple prayer, Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned. I know that I've fallen short of your glory. I know that the wages of my sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord, come into my life. Be my Savior that I might know that I have eternal life. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.